Good morning. This is John Murtha coming to you from WNZN Power Radio 89.1 from Lorain, Ohio. We're so happy you tuned in this beautiful wintry morning. I'm here in the radio station with our station engineer, Wanda Ewing. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning. And my assistant, David Abu. David, how are you, sir? Real good, and you? Great Very to good. be here this Very morning, good. John. Very good. You know, we got to really count our blessings, even to be able to oh, heck yeah. get out, drive on highways, yeah. and yeah. come into this yeah. heated radio yeah. station yes. and look into the Bible that's in yes. our own language. Yes. It's not like that in so many parts of the world when yeah. you really think about it. And yeah. then to open, as we open up the scriptures, as we started a couple of weeks ago, Mm-hmm. David, you know, Jesus said, search the scriptures for the testify of me. Yes. And also it says in John, Jesus said, uh, Moses wrote about me. If you would have believed Moses, you would have believed me. Mm-hmm. It's a very important thing to understand mm-hmm. the uh, Old Testament. As a matter of fact, if you look at, look at Luke chapter 15, uh, it's, it's a cautionary kind of a tale here. Uh, but in Luke chapter 16, when we see the rich man in Lazarus, yeah. and then Lazarus dies, he really didn't have much, and he goes to paradise. Back right. then it was called Abraham's yeah. bosom. Mm. And the rich man that didn't care about anybody himself ends up in hell, uh-huh. and he's kind of conversing across this great distance or this chasm right. with Lazarus. And he says, send, Abraham, send Lazarus to my five brothers to warn him about this place. You know, if he mm. goes back from the dead, surely uh, they would uh, uh, be forewarned, and they wouldn't mm do like I did and just be self-centered and end up coming to a place like this. But Abraham says something very interesting at the end of Luke chapter 16. Mm -hmm. And Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes from the dead, they will repent. Then Abraham said, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Mm -hmm. See, that has application today. I mean, the greatest miracle that ever happened on this planet was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But if people don't believe that, go back to Moses and the prophets to see Christ there. If you believe that, you won't have a hard time believing the resurrection. You won't have a hard time having eternal life. You see how how critical? Mm -hmm. You see, even a great miracle like Mm -hmm. this guy come back from the dead won't convince them. But if they would look into Moses, which is the first five books, and the prophets, Mm -hmm. they will see Mm -hmm. and believe. Yeah. John, you yes. know what? That tells me don't be caught up in the deliverer. But faith comes by hearing. Right. Hearing of the word of God. Yeah. So if you won't hear the word of God, it don't matter who will deliver it. Yeah. You need yeah. to just yeah, you, it's a here. it's a good point, Wanda. Because even though the Lord did miracles, like the yeah. miracle of the feeding five thousand, yeah. many people quit following him because he didn't continue to do miracles. See, that's why Jesus turns to Peter in James in John chapter six says, "Will you also depart from me?" He mm. says, "Where would I go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life." Right. To Wanda's point, yeah. the word see miracles attract. Yeah. The word of God keeps. Yeah. Yeah. Many people, you probably all of us know. Who had a crisis in their life cried out to the Lord, mm-hmm. God answered a prayer or delivered them mm-hmm. or healed them, but six months or a year later, are they following the Lord? Yeah. No, yeah. they might be very grateful yeah. at that moment. Yeah. You see again, miracles right. or signs yeah. attract. Mm-hmm. Jesus, one of the reasons Jesus did miracles, many reasons. One was express His love and compassion for people. The other was to authenticate His messiahship, yeah. because it said in Isaiah 35 and other places mm-hmm. that when He comes, the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the yeah. lame will yeah. walk. Mm-hmm. So He's there's multiple reasons He He just doesn't do miracles to do miracles. Mm-hmm. And when people just want to see a tremendous answer to prayer or a miracle or a sign, that's not a bad thing. But again, going back to what Wanda said, it's the Word of God yeah. that holds and keeps because yeah. it doesn't change. Amen. Yeah, yeah, David. Well, it, I think that's true, uh, especially when you take a look at the times where you don't think God is walking with you and holding your hand. Yeah. And you know, um, we all we all have those situations, and what you have to remember is that's really where your faith is being tested. Right. And you have to look back and talk about the things that are good in your life. Mm-hmm. because that gets you through. And also, one of the things that you did, John, when you were in Thailand, and I think I need to start doing that uh, with, with my wife and family, is the journaling, mm-hmm. where you where you set up a prayer, and then you see you know, if God comes in to help or deliver. But then you have that history to look exactly. back, just mm-hmm. like we have the Bible to look back. Right. And the reason this is so interesting and exciting for me now versus all yeah. the years I never read the Bible 
is I'm seeing all the patterns and yeah. realizing it has to be the hand yeah. of God. Absolutely. Especially when we look at all these typologies in the different people, Noah, Isaac, Abraham, Joseph, all these people that resemble Christ, Melchizedek. And when you think that there were 40, 45 different authors, John, over 1,500 years, like we keep saying, we keep saying it because that's the miracle and the fact that you have to see it was the Holy Spirit or how could the story be so seamless? Yeah, right. Like Christ's robe, right? Exactly right. One piece of material, one story. Yeah, Yeah. single theme, two books, one story. Or if you will, there's mm-hmm. it's a library. The, the Bible really is a mini library. It's got 66 yeah. books, right. multiple literary mm-hmm. style. Yeah. You have poetry, right. you have proverbs, you have parables, you have prophecy, yeah. you have history. You have all kinds of different writing mm-hmm. styles. Mm-hmm. And the authors, everything from a shepherd to a king to a right. tax collector. It's a very a prophet, very diverse mm-hmm. authorship. But like you say, David, it's a single theme. Mm-hmm. Holy God, sinful man, how can right. they be reconciled together? Yeah. In the typologies, for me, you know, if I knew this a long time ago, I'm glad uh-huh. I know it now. Yeah, right. The Bible, it looked like Swahili to me when mm. I started, yeah. especially the Old Testament. Mm. But now, when I look at Noah's life, I look at how what he did with what he did with his son yeah. up on the mountain, I look for Christ. That, that simplifies it to the core, yeah. and it makes reading the Bible much easier mm. and a lot more manageable mm-hmm. when you know from the time of the Garden of Eden, God put the story forward so we get it. Exactly that right. That his son is the one that came down to save us and bring us eternal life. Yeah. So these aren't bunny trails, uh-uh. Noah's story, the whole thing. It's about Christ. It's all connected. Right. It's, it's from the large... Yeah. Macro level, the big yes, story, what right. they call the meta narrative, the big overarching right. story, yeah. down to the fine details, like you said, Abraham offering up Isaac. It's again like the human body. You have many different right. systems digestive, <laughs> muscle, yeah. skeletal system, nervous system. Mm-hmm. They're all different tissues. Some are soft, some are hard, yeah. but they all unite and come together and are interconnected to form one body, right. singular body. Mm-hmm. But if you go down to the micro level, to your very <laughs> DNA, yeah. to your fingerprint, that's specifically you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are David Abud and yeah. Juan is Juan yeah. Ewing. Yeah. Yeah. Even down mm-hmm. at the minute, you see, mm-hmm. macro yes. or micro, mm-hmm. say right. the Bible's the same way. Yeah. But here's the thing. We don't see the treasures in the scripture. No. We're in a very busy world today, yeah. okay? Yeah. We're a very distracted yeah. world. Yeah. You know, we got YouTube, we got tweet, we got text, we got all this stuff. Yeah. None of this is necessarily bad in the right prioritized mm-hmm. order. Mm-hmm. But if this is indeed the word of God yeah. and he put treasure here, that we can glean from, right. you know, and things, you know, it's almost like a rich uncle dies and leaves you a, a, a will. You're in his right. will and he's right. left you, you know, $10 million in the bank and a right. condo in Maui and a, a, yeah. a, a, the latest Mercedes Benz. Right. If you never read that will, right. if you never read what's entitled to you, oh, no. you, you still, <laughs> you oh, don't, you, you can't go to the bank and wire with, because you don't even know that's in there. Right. Uh, yes, brother. And you'll end up on going to work for another 30 years not knowing that you have yeah. this wealth and you could be enjoying life, you know? True story was told. <clears throat> this man, uh, after the Civil War, uh, went and lived in a little town in southern Ohio. And he was so poor, he lived in, they, the townspeople let him live in the back of the hardware store. Yeah. And he'd sweep up and clean up. And he was kind of like the town, uh, I don't want to say bum, but he just didn't have much. He was almost like a homeless person. So he dies, and the people of the town get together, and they made him a burial and a headstone. They were going through his things in the back room of the hardware store. And here, through his meager belongings and that, they found these papers. And in these papers, they found a letter signed in person by Abraham Lincoln that left him a full-time retirement pension. Wow. Because he was wounded so badly in the Civil War, oh but he never God. took it out and oh. read it inappropriately. Oh now, the lesson here is how many of us as Christians yeah. can live far below what God has called us to live. Yeah. Not that we're not saved or not that we're not a Christian, mm-hmm. but maybe we're just living on spiritual fumes yeah. rather than high octane, Absolutely. the victorious life, Absolutely. influence, prayer, joy, peace, power, all of these things. God would have us to have and to do, you know. But again, we're here at WNCN. If you're having a difficult time, I'm having a difficult time. Uh, Hearing us this morning, just go to www.wnzn.org, wnzn.org, and you can just uh, live stream us there. And if you have a question, you can call us here at 440 
399-3044. I just want to look at one other place before yeah. we go back to Genesis, David, because mm -hmm. I know you've prepared some things on Melchizedek. Yeah. But look at the last chapter of the book of Acts of the Apostles. Okay. <clears throat> last chapter, uh, the book of the uh, Acts of the Apostles, and this is uh, uh, verse 22. Um uh, uh, this is Paul. He's in prison. He's kind of like under house arrest at this point in his ministry. Probably he'll die rather shortly after this, be executed. But these people come to him in verse 22, and they said, well, you can read it. Uh, verse 20, 22 and 23, Acts 28. Go ahead, Wanda. Okay. But we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest. For as concerning this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. Okay, very yes. important. Thank you, Wanda. Uh -huh. So here we see people yeah. are curious about Christianity. They've heard about it. They actually call it a sect here, but they are curious, and they, mm -hmm. they, they try to... Uh, find answers. What's this about? So Paul, again, he's probably under house arrest. At this. He has a lodging where he can have people coming and going. He gets up and he explains, testifies of the kingdom of God, persuading them, but he doesn't give his testimony. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even use the gospel, so to speak. Yeah. He uses the law of Moses, which is the first five books of the Bible, and then the prophets and look how long this Bible study goes for. Yeah. Morning till, till evening. evening. I mean, we just do here about 45 minutes. But yeah. Paul, yeah. of course, I'm not the Apostle Paul. Okay. <laughs> but nevertheless, as a result of this, it says some were persuaded by the things which were spoken mm -hmm. and some disbelieved. And yeah. that's, that's ultimately, even when we share here in our own imperfect way as we go back into the Old Testament. Thank you. Um, some will be persuaded, and like David says, like, whoa, this is amazing to see Jesus in Genesis, and some are not. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just what it is, mm -hmm. you know. But notice, he this thing lasts all day. It says from morning till evening, and his only source of authority is the first five books of the Bible, what Moses wrote, uh -huh. and then the prophets. Mm. That's all Old Testament, mm -hmm. and that's all we're doing here. It's mm. just saying... There's no other holy book or religious book in the world that has this type of feature, yeah. you know, yeah. that's going to tell you something in direct prophecy, you know, like it says in Malachi chapter 5, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Micah chapter 5, verse 3 and 4, that the Messiah, he is from eternity, would be born in Bethlehem. There's nowhere in the, you know, yeah. other book is going to tell you something 500 years before the event. And so we're going to go back again in Genesis. Last week we looked at Abraham. Offering up Isaac, mm -hmm. very much a picture of uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ because, number one, in chapter 22, that's where God says, take your son, who, your only son, whom you love. That's the first time love is mentioned in the Bible. And in Bible study, theologians will tell you, oftentimes when a word is mentioned for the first time, like priest, <laughs> yeah. blood, sacrifice, uh, love, uh, uh, has a special significance. So when you look at chapter 22, verse one, we covered a little bit this last week. He says, take your son, your only son, whom you lovest, and go offer him up. That sounds like John 3, 16. Mm, For yeah. God so loved the world that he mm. gave his only begotten son. Yeah. And Abraham, of all figures in the Old Testament, is a father figure. His mm. name, Abraham, means father. Abraham means father of a multitude. And so both Judaism will say, we have Abraham as our father. You know, he's the father of the faithful. Islam will consider Abraham the father of the faithful. And Christianity, he's recognized as father Abraham of the faithful. Right. He, there's no other one that typifies the father, let's say God the father, more than him. But Isaac, look why he typifies her as like a little mini picture of Jesus. Hmm. Number one, mm -hmm. it was a miracle birth. Both Abraham and uh, his wife Sarah were beyond childbearing age. It was right. a miracle birth. Right. He was prophesied by God that he, they were going to have this child. He was mm -hmm. named before he was born. All these features apply to Jesus. Miracle birth, right. prophesied that he was going to be born. Name was given before. You know, you will call his name Jesus. And then the other thing, he was long awaited for. Abraham and Sarah long, waited yeah. long. He was the obedient son. 
He carried the wood. Remember on Genesis in mm-hmm. Genesis twenty two. Right. He was willing to be laid on the altar. Mm-hmm. He could have. If he's carrying wood, he's not a little right. boy. He's mm-hmm. a young man. Yeah. He laid him on the altar, which is a type of death. Right. He raised him up off the altar, which is a type of the resurrection. Right there, that high watermark. Why are you seeing these features of a father, miracle-born son, whom the blessings would come from, yeah. and willing to allow himself to lay, lay down on the altar and to be raised up from the altar? Yes. Very much a picture. That's why Jesus said, search the scriptures, uh, for they testify of me, or Absolutely. they picture me. So we're not trying to force it like a puzzle piece. Yeah. Yeah. We're just trying to see, does this fit? Yeah. So right after that, what does the father do? You don't see Isaac's name mentioned after no. this. Yeah. You see him. Uh, the father will send out his chief servant to get a bride for his son. Mm. What happens after Jesus' death, resurrection, mm-hmm. and ascension? Yeah. The father sends the Holy Spirit mm. to get a bride for his son. Mm-hmm. Now, when uh, Rebecca accepts, she doesn't know anything about Isaac. Only thing she knows about Isaac is what the chief servant tells her, right? Yeah. The only th- we've never seen Jesus face to face, right? Yeah. You know, the only thing we know about Jesus, so to speak, his attributes, his character, is what the Holy Spirit reveals it to us through the Word of God. Yes. Yeah. Once she accepts and says, "Yes, I'll go with you and marry this man," uh, he gives her gifts. Once we accept Jesus as our Savior, you know, we're the bride of Christ, the church. He gives us gifts. Every yeah. Christian, once he accepts Christ, the Holy Spirit empowers him with some type of gifting. Could be a gift of teaching, could be hospitality, mm-hmm. administration, all the giftings listed in the New Testament. At least one or two of those gifts you're going to get. Perfect picture yeah. without forcing what I call the puzzle pieces. Yes. They, they like fall into place. Yeah. And uh, what I like about Jesus, uh, Abraham in chapter 22 of Genesis, he has two men with him. But he says, you men stay down yes. here. Yeah. He says, me and the lad will go up uh-huh. to worship God. And then he says something very important. And we will come back. Yeah. What, well, if you're going up to kill him right. and sacrifice him, why are you saying we plural? <laughs> what, does he, what does he anticipate? Or what does he foresee? That God will raise, raise him from the dead. Yeah. It, raise him from the dead. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why Jesus will say, one of the reasons, I think, in John chapter 8, Abraham rejoiced mm-hmm. to see my day. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. Abraham rejoiced to see my day. So when you start fitting these pieces mm-hmm. together, uh, really, there's why we study this on so many levels is number one, first of all, this is how Jesus taught. This yeah. is how Paul's sermons went. This is how Stephen's message in Acts chapter 7 went. You just saw Paul giving this all-day mm-hmm. Bible lesson using right. the Old Testament. Yeah. It shows how these things, too, connect. Number yeah. two, it gives you a greater appreciation of the Old Testament. Yes, it does. Number three, it strengthens your faith. This is this to me, without I, I th- a doubt. I think that's the big thing, Dan. Mm-hmm. You know, it strengthens your faith, but mm-hmm. it also, you know, allows you to see that that this is the Son of God that came down to save us, and He's the only um, pure uh, human uh, God form that could have saved us. Mm-hmm. You know, He is the perfect sacrifice. So, yes. you know, the other thing with Abraham is the thing I thought was cool, too, is it took him three days to get to the mountain, right? Yeah. And and Jesus was in the tomb for three days. Yeah. Right. He gets so his son so back. Many, right. He and gets his, his son, son back up, on the right. third day. Exactly. Well, when he's going, marching to Mount Moriah, yeah. uh, he's, he, his son, to him, is as good as dead at that point. Absolutely. He gets him back yeah. on the third day. Right. You know, to life. Yeah. But uh, that's a whole separate study it we'll sure do one is. day, what I call the third day. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's an amazing study. Yeah. But I wonder, while we're in Genesis, I want to look at a couple other features, then we'll scroll yeah. forward to look at Melchizedek. But if you look at chapter 15 of Genesis, this is where you'll see a very, very important verse. This is where God is revealing himself to Abraham. Now, this is very important because God is, Solomon says, the heavens of heaven cannot contain God, okay? He's outside of creation. He's, he's, he's the great artist, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We are the portrait. Yeah. He is out of space and time, yeah. okay? But uh, he can enter into space and time. We saw that in the Garden of Eden when it says mm-hmm. they heard him walking mm-hmm. in the garden mm-hmm. after they sinned. And he says, Adam, where art thou? Well, mm-hmm. God is not only dwells in eternity, out of space and time. He also enters in. Yeah. In theology, they call this God is is transcendent. Mm-hmm. He's way out there. Mm-hmm. And, and he's also what's known as imminent. He comes down. Yeah. And he, and he, dwell, and he reveals himself to man. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what he's doing in chapter 15 of Genesis. 
He comes to Abraham in a vision, says, don't be afraid. But he says a couple things. Here's, he's, he promises he's going to have a, a blessed son. But then he says um, in verse 6, Genesis chapter 15, and Abraham believed the Lord, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Yeah. See, that's that's listed over five times, three times alone in the New Testament. Mm. Okay. Why? Because we we are righteous with God, not because of our activity. We're at, we're we're imputed. We we receive righteousness uh, through belief. Right. That's why the Bible will say, "For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him mm -hmm. should not perish." And that this is repeated, and of course we see this in Second Corinthians five, where it says, "He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God." Well, how do we appropriate that righteousness? Do I give all my money away? Do I, I pray all day long? Do I? It's not what I do; it's what's been done for me. Mm. And by just by belief receiving that, I have right relationship with God. Now, after that, good deeds should follow. You know, charity and mercy and compassion. Yeah. But we have access to the promise of God through belief. And that, that verse there is very important. And then God says in this same uh, chapter, he says something very important. He says in verse 13, uh, Genesis 15. Uh, and he said unto Abram, Know of, of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. In verse 14, too. Buddy. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterward shall they come out with great substance. Okay, now why this is important, this is showing prophecy. Mm -hmm. Okay, not only is his descendants, he's going to have all these descendants, but also they're going into captivity for how long? A very specific number, mm -hmm. 400 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when they finally get out, they're going to come out with great possessions. Yeah. You see, this is this is where God tells things way in advance. Yeah. Now people can say, well, that was scripted into the whatever. Or it's true that they would go into slavery, into Egypt, mistreated, maligned, and then when they would come out 400 years yeah. later. So once you start seeing the prophetic embedded into these early scriptures, that's very significant. That's, that's what you call high detail, and then you go to typology with our pictures. Yeah. So you have these two elements in prophecy. The, that, that's a long time to wait. You know, John, so oh. um, we talk about uh, how our faith is tested. Can you imagine that? If you were living through that and you were talking to Abram, you know, what are you talking about? Like, when are we going to be saved? When are we going to be exiled yeah. uh, to freedom? I, that, that, that really is quite a testimony of faith. And oh, yeah. Then, you know, but he gave them so many uh, miracles just to show them that he was still with them and he was going to bring them the promised land. Mm -hmm. But I, I can't imagine what that would be like, Wanda. Could you just waiting for that for that long? Oh, yeah. I mean, but but the, the key here is yeah. they had hope. Yeah. And that's why at the time of Moses, right. those that still have these scriptures would yeah. say, our deliverance is coming. Our deliver yeah. Just like the Old Testament ends. With the book of Malachi, right. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, says the Lord says, Before I come, I'm going to send somebody that's going to prepare the way before me, yeah. and I will come suddenly to the temple, and yes. I will establish a new covenant. Yes. And then there's 400 years gap mm -hmm. yeah. between the curtain falls on the Old Testament and it opens in the New Testament. God is a God of high detail. Mm -hmm. He's the master jeweler, as they yeah. say. You know, high every jewel, yeah. every prophecy. Mm -hmm. But I'm, what I'm trying to get us used to is there's direct prophecy like this, mm -hmm. but there's also typology or pictures. Yes. And we're going to look at that with Melchizedek. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you just go back with just one chapter to chapter 14, um, to set the scene here, and David, then you can elaborate a little bit. Um, Abraham brought Lot with him. He was like his nephew, okay? When he mm -hmm. left his homeland, an idolatrous place in the Urichaldees, probably present-day Iraq or, uh, yeah, in that Gulf region, he, he goes to a land he doesn't know, which right. is the promised land, which is going to be Israel, but he takes Lot with him, and Lot's getting in trouble, okay? And he's going to be mm -hmm. captured by these kings of the, yeah. these, the five kings. And there was, then Abraham gets a group together, a posse, like, you know, a little mm -hmm. mini army, and he rescues Lot. Now he's returning to the promised land. And you can read this maybe in verse 17 through uh, 20. Just those, those three verses, four verses. Chapter 14? Uh, yes, Wanda. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him 
after his return from the slaughter of Chedorlaomer, Lamor, and of the kings that were with him, and the valley of Shiva, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Bless me, Abram, of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And bless be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies unto the hand, into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. So to, you see what's happening here. They come back in victory. And as they come into this valley, um, they meet this person, yeah. verse 8, Melchizedek, <clears throat> right. king of Salem. Now some yeah. feel this is the first reference to Jerusalem. Because yeah. you see Salam. You see that Salam, mm -hmm. Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And this would be the region, general region. Notice he's both a king right. and a high priest. Yes. Why is that notable? <clears throat> because that's similar to Christ. It's similar yeah. to Christ, but also in the Old Testament, you could not be a king and a priest. Yeah. You could be a king, yeah. you, but not a True. priest. You could be right. a priest, but you couldn't be a king. And that's yeah. where Saul gets in trouble. Mm -hmm. King Saul, he says, I, I didn't destroy all the animals because I want to keep them for sacrifice. You can't commingle these, mm -hmm. these offices like that. Mm -hmm. right. But this one... This one is very interesting because he he is both king and priest, yep. and he's coming out of Salem, mm -hmm. Jerusalem, if we will, mm -hmm. and he's the one that blesses Abraham. Abraham yes. doesn't bless him, mm -hmm. and he says, "Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, Professor of Heaven and Earth." And bless, he gives him a blessing, but he also gives him what? Bread and wine. Yes. Yeah. Bread and wine. Yeah. And what does Abraham give him? A tithe. Tithe. You see, now this will be yeah. big. We're going to go to Hebrews in a minute. Right. The lesser gives to the greater mm -hmm. the tithe. Right. The, the greater doesn't give to the lesser tithe. What the greater, Melchizedek, gives is bread and wine. Mm -hmm. Now this is going to be important when we see that Jesus uh, is a type of Melchizedek. Okay? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Melchizedek is a type of Christ. They call the fulfillment of the type the anti-type. You know, it's like a if you take a coin and put it in wax... And lift it off. You left the imprint of yeah. the wax. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the antidote. So now let's see how the New Testament. Uh, and let's stay in the Old Testament for a second and see how this is fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. And turn to Psalm 110 for a moment. And please add anything in here, Wanda or, okay. or David. As a, I don't want to take no, too much of this. Mm -hmm. hmm. Okay. Now we're in Psalm 110. This is a, written a thousand years before Jesus comes. Right. You know, in the incarnation, his mm -hmm. ministry. Thousand years written by Psalm David. Look at what it starts in verse 1, 1 and 2. The Lord said unto, the Lord, unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord said, The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Okay, thank you, Wanda. Mm -hmm. Now notice, we're going to see why this is so important. It says, the Lord said to my Lord. Yeah. Who's saying what to who here? <clears throat> now Jesus is going to challenge the religious leaders of his day on mm -hmm. this same question. Who's saying what to whom? The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Mm -hmm. Who is that? Who's speaking here? God the Father yeah. is saying to his son, yeah. sit at my right hand till I what? Yeah. Make all your enemies yeah, a footstool. footstool. In other right. words, you become, yeah. in other words, where's Jesus right now? He's sitting at, at the, the right, right hand, hand of the Father. Right, right. So this this is shows you a little plurality in the yeah. Godhead. There's one God, but we see these, yes, you know, there's some a plurality. Right. Uh -huh. He says, he says, this goes back to Psalm 2. He says, the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion to rule in the midst of your enemies. That one day he's going to be the king of kings and kings of kings. Right. But notice then he goes down to this verse 3. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power, in the mm. beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. You who have the dew of your youth. Now look at verse 4. The Lord has sworn, yeah. this is the Father, Father yeah. God, and will not relent. You, the one 
are a priest what? Right. Forever, Forever yeah. according okay. to what? The order. The order. Okay. okay. So now you, yeah. See, because the Levitical priesthood all through the Old Testament, right. they would die. You see, you had to get another one. You had to get another one. You had to get another one. Not not the Melchizedek one, mm -hmm. because it, I will show you in a minute, it has an eternal quality to it. Yeah. There's, we'll look at that in one second. But that's that's what he's saying here. Yeah. He puts this in really fine-tuning. Uh, and look, we'll look at this and uh, kind of back into this and right. if you have any questions. Mm -hmm. Look at Matthew chapter 22 for a moment. Matthew chapter 22. Um Uh, and in Matthew 22, and look at verse uh, 41 and uh, 42. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, The son of David. Okay, now, yeah. okay, now usually, usually, uh, they're asking Jesus questions. Right. They're trying to trick him and test him. This is near the end of our Lord's ministry. Like a week out, he's going to die on the cross. Mm -hmm. He's asking them questions. And he says to them, okay, uh, there are all these Pharisees, religious leaders. What do you think about Christ? Whose son is he? Now, they knew that there was going to be this king coming through the lineage of David. That's the right. kingly line, the line mm -hmm. of Judah. Mm -hmm. And they said, okay. He's going to be the son of David. That's why often they'll call Jesus the beggars in that, the blind, yeah. the son of David, have mercy on me. Okay. Then Jesus said to them, how then does David in the spirit? Mm. In other words, this isn't David's idea or prophecy or prediction. This is the Holy Spirit moving on David. Call him Lord saying what? The Lord said to my Lord, my Lord uh -huh. sit at my right yeah. hand uh -huh. till I make your enemies your foot. He's playing yeah. like chess with the, like yeah. a theological. Yeah. He says, He's taking them back to Psalm 110 that we just looked at. Yeah. And he says, this is the dilemma. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? Yeah. Mm. Do you see this? Right. How can Jesus be the Lord, right. which he's pre-existent, he's eternal, mm -hmm. but how can he still be an offspring of David? What, what's, the, what's the solution? He's fully man and fully There you go, God. David. Yeah. He's, he's eternal. Right. He has no beginning. He's the yes. Alpha and the Omega. Yes. But at a certain point in time yeah. in history, through the he enters in, yeah. and indeed, he is a great, 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 great son right. of yeah. David. Yeah. Yeah. They have to acknowledge his deity. Yeah. That's, and, that's he's, yeah. and he's using their own scriptures. Right. He's playing, <clears throat> to me, it's like chess. It's mm. beautiful. And then they look what their response is. Verse 46. And no man was able to answer him a word, neither durst any man from the day forth ask him any more there questions. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Here's the deal. Yeah. What are you saying? Is Jesus fully God? Right. Which means he predates David, you know, before mm -hmm. Abraham was, before David. Yeah. And is he fully man? Does he enter mm -hmm. into human history? Right. If he does, it fulfills that Psalm 110. Absolutely. That's... It, you don't want to say it's as simple as that or as complex as that, but my, my, my thing is this. It's real, my formulation is really simple. There is a God, right. and he visited this planet. That's right. And Absolutely. that was pre-visit. He's got mm -hmm. all these prophecies. Post-visit, he's left such, mm -hmm. yeah. such an incredible impact on human beings and yeah. human history that we date our calendars yeah. from his birth date. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the other thing is off of that formula yeah. is there's a binary choice now we can reject it right. don't believe it like these guys do <clears throat> yeah. or we can receive it yeah both have tremendous implications they do and that's that's the story so we're going to get into melchizedek mm -hmm. just, and we're going to go to hebrews but you see how scripture explains scripture that mm -hmm. it's like a thread yeah. and once you get it you go like oh mm -hmm. i got it yeah. i see it yeah. i didn't and do you see how that like strengthens your faith oh, do it you does. feel it yeah it, it sure does and I, I think that you know having seen this a lot of people will still say he was just a great prophet uh -huh. but when you take a look at the cliff notes you take information like this from the psalms and then you add it to all the typology and you then see that Jesus is the Son of God because otherwise the story wouldn't be continuous from the Garden of Eden all the way down. And I know he, we're repeating ourselves, but it's important to look at it that way. And he wouldn't be a good prophet. Right. He'd be a false prophet. <clears throat> right. Because you're not going to get... be the Son of God. You cannot... You're not going to get Isaiah or right. Zechariah or Moses saying these kind of things. Yes. 
the Lord said yeah. to my Lord, or saying, I'm yeah. going to come back on clouds of glory yeah. to judge all of humankind, right. or mm -hmm. um, you believe in God, believe also in me. You've asked nothing in my name. Ask. These are all deity ascriptions. Right. Yeah. Uh, John the Baptist. Yeah. Uh, here so, comes the Lamb, right? Yeah. You know, he is, anyone that Moses, says, who delivered the law to us, also spoke of Christ. Right. I mean, it's all the way through. Yeah. If those prophets are talking about Christ in the way they were, you have to pay attention. Yeah. you got to. Yeah. He's not just another prophet. That's why when I talk to people and share, yeah. and they say, well, he's a holy man or he's a great prophet, I said, if that's all he is, then he's a bad man and he's a false prophet because right. he's misleading people. He's taking scripture. Yeah. And, or if it's true, then he's fitting this thing right. just like an incredible yeah. big jigsaw puzzle where every piece yeah. is now starting to fall into place. That's right. It's, just, yeah. it's really, I don't want to say it's mm -hmm. as simple as that or as difficult, as that, but that's what the deal is. Yes. And uh, it's almost like God says to Isaiah, he says in chapter 5, Isaiah, how much more could I do for you? Mm. In other words, like mm. how much more proof or how much more could I give to you? You see, uh, mm -hmm. this is not religion. This is not any. This is this is about life yeah. and death mm -hmm. and truth and falsehood and the person of Jesus and Christ love. and you love know, and love of our Father. Yeah. I think that's the key thing. And and just to think that the minute they sinned, he found a plan. He already knew what he was going to do to deliver them back to him and create another Garden of Eden for all of us. Yeah. And 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 that's. You know, I was thinking about raising my own kids, and by the way, it's uh, it's my daughter's birthday today. Ah, so uh, happy, happy birthday, Tegan! Yes, many more. Um, <clears throat> when you take a look at raising them, you know, one of the things that uh, I started to do was look of how you know God handled uh, Adam and Eve in the garden when He had to discipline them, and, and that's never easy. Yeah. But you know, when you take a look at His love, what He did, it really helps you be a parent. Mm. It helps you be a better father. It helps you be a better boss or, you know, a fellow employee. It, it just, it, it's seamless all the way through yeah. to turn you into a better person. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's done that for me. Boy, I have a lot of work to do, but I continue to learn. And if you look at these uh, impressions in the Bible of how to be a good father, how Christ was so humble in everything that he did, um, it, it'll change you. Yeah. It'll yeah. change you. And that's really what we're looking to do here, isn't it, John? Yeah. Try and be more like Christ. That's the so, whole purpose. Once you become a Christian, yeah. the Apostle Paul says, look, I, I want you to come into the mm -hmm. full stature who you are to be in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. He says even this uh, in Colossians 1. He says, we, we preach warning every man and teaching every man. So you see right. warning and teaching yeah. in all wisdom that we might present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, yeah. or complete, or fully matured. It's like a parent wants to see their children to grow up to be fully matured, yeah. right. socially, <clears throat> academically, right. yeah. career-wise, spiritually. Yeah, the whole thing. You want to see, so right. too, mm -hmm. God wants us, once we become his child mm -hmm. through the new birth, to come into full stature, yeah. you know, yeah. in prayer, right. in, in experiencing joy and peace and influence and power, yeah. not to be... Uh, you know, a, a Christian for 40 years, but we're living like we're, you know, six right. years old. So, you know, so, so my son is now in college and he's, he's in business and he's been taking these marketing classes. And I said, Tristan, if you want to look at a case study, the most humble man in the world created the biggest brand in uh, the world. Yeah. And when you take a look at how much effort that, you know, 3M and GE and the Red Cross make to get their brand globally... Look at what he did, and he was humble with no internet yeah, yeah. and no telephone. And you know what? And that really resonates with me because uh, I think if, if you run your company or you run your life that way, um, you will start to see these people come into your life yeah. that you never expected. Yeah. You don't even know how they got there. No, you because got a good... when you're walking down the path uh, trying to do the right things, even though it's extremely hard because we're full of sin, um, you start to see the blessings he gives you, those breadcrumbs. Yeah. I'm always, sometimes I'm waiting for a breadcrumb to drop from somebody because I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm getting tired of walking down this path, brother. Yeah. So, no. um, but th then they come and, and you just have to keep going and, and keep your convictions. You bring up a good point, David, about Jesus and his brand, if I can use yeah. that word, in terms of yeah. the growth. I mean, there's 2.4 billion people on the place. Mm -hmm. Right now, today, that somehow, some way, mm -hmm. name the name of Jesus. I'm not saying right. they're all believers. But I'm just saying what right. it is. But if you look how the world has taken biblical principles yeah. that Jesus gave to us, the church, number one, right. 
uh, one of the biggest things in business today, and you guys are both involved in business mm -hmm. and career and entrepreneurship, yep. is the principle of mentoring. Yes. yes. Where up, 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 am I right? Why not? Yes, a CEO absolutely. will get two or three people around him, younger usually, yes. and kind of they actually walk with him. Yes. He, he, he mm -hmm. tests them, he puts them out into the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Number two, the principle of small group. Mm -hmm. All these great corporations, from Adobe to Microsoft mm -hmm. to McDonald's, mm -hmm. all started with a small group. Yeah. Number three is the thing of franchising. Mm -hmm. If it worked, a template. If McDonald's yeah. works here, right. you got the French fries like this, and the you right. know it started with the Kroc yeah. Brothers in California. Yeah. Then duplicate that in Arizona, duplicate That's that. In if you study the model, what they're doing in Acts of the Apostles, mm -hmm. in terms of uh, mm -hmm. duplicating churches, it's a very the DNA is right in there. It is. So you can go down the line of things Jesus gave to us, mm -hmm. and the world we don't use it off the the world will take it. And they'll run with it. Yes. You know, yeah. and then the whole thing with empowering people. Yes. Don't just make people yes. your employees, yeah. make people converts. Right. May they be excited about your product That's or your service. Movement. May they become evangelists. And we, you know, it always gets me. You know, yeah. I sit back well, and I go. Again, what we talked about, that you look at the, the 12 disciples, they were all cowards yeah. when he died. They were hiding, and then look what happened. Yeah. What eleven out of the twelve yeah. were 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 killed and murdered because of their faith, but they didn't care anymore. Right. They didn't care anymore. So I, I think what that's what saying, I call the benefits package. Yes. So every company today has a yeah. great benefits package. Well, you don't package. want to do that. Yeah, but we have, we have a great yeah. we have a great benefits package. That's why Jesus says whoever leaves mother, father, home is going to get tenfold in the end. You know the best. That's why Paul says, "You kill me, okay. Yeah. You know I'm going to be with the Lord, but there's greater." For me, you leave me here. I'm going to keep teaching and preaching. Yeah. Our benefits package yes. is tremendous, you know. Our retirement package is, yeah. but what I'm getting at is see how the secular world Jesus yes. says in one of his parables the children of this world are actually wiser than the children of the kingdom, they know how to use what they got yeah. and take a little investment in, in property or in a business and grow it and multiply it exponentially. And we're like. Sometimes we as believers are like 10 paces behind them. Yes. You know, yeah. take music. Yeah. We've got the music. I mean, yeah. you know, if you look at Christmas hymns or Amazing Grace or these famous, then the world gets music and they go off in that direction. But yeah. we got like the best music in the oh. world. But we don't, you know, yeah. anyhow. Yeah, um, we do. So going back to Melchizedek, and we'll start wrapping it up on this. But if mm -hmm. you go to Hebrews chapter 7. Uh, Hebrews is a very interesting book. Of course, it's written to a Jewish... I, I got a good quote from that. Quote, uh, Hebrews 7. Okay, go on. Yeah, so, um, you know, it, it's... The, the Hebrew name Melchizedek itself means king of righteousness. If, if you look at Hebrews 7, 2, it reads, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, mm. to whom also Abram gave a tenth part of all, mm. first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is the king of peace. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, God's God doesn't name individuals what they are um, uh, unless they are who, who he says they are. Mm -hmm. And when you think of the king of righteousness... And the fact that he was also the king of peace, only one other person on earth was named that, and that's Christ. Yeah, right. So it, th that's really where the mystery comes in, John, because he doesn't have any genealogy. That's what comes in. Yeah, so go ahead. Yeah, it's a good point, Dave, because like chapter 7, he's repeating or rehearsing what we just read way right. back in uh, Genesis, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, but he yeah. says here... Same thing we read, mm -hmm. and but he like he expands on that king of righteousness, mm -hmm. king of peace. Mm -hmm. But then he says, without father, without mother, without genealogy, right? Uh, having neither beginning of days nor end, but made like the son of God. Doesn't right. mean he is the son of God. Remains a priest continually. Yeah. What it means here is that if you study Genesis, it's very uh, evident that the the it says so and so mm -hmm. begets so and so and so and so begets so and so. The lineage is very important, yeah. right? Yeah. Abraham, he's yeah. going to have Isaac, and Isaac is going to have Jacob, but not Melchizedek. He he's like a play. He enters yeah. stage right. He gives the bread and, yeah. and, the, and the wine and he, uh, a blessing. He receives tithes and he exits stage. We don't know anything about his genealogy, which suggests yeah. the eternality yes. of Jesus Christ. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Do you right. see this principle? Yeah, because even if you look at Ezra 2, 62, mm -hmm. without such genealogy records, human priests could not serve. Right, exactly. So, I mean, how did he get in his role other than he wasn't an ordinary mortal? No, he... Right? 
no, no. Mel Melchizedek probably was a. It just scripture doesn't record. Th yes. Therefore, he's a picture. Right. Is that, I know some people will say, "Is that it's indeed Jesus?" Mystery. Is yeah. that? Mm -hmm. I don't think so because I think he's a literal priest at okay. that time of Jerusalem. Yeah. The, the key is the scripture doesn't record his genealogy, as it says in verse three here, mm -hmm. or what happens to him. So that tells us about the Melchizedek or yeah. the uh, high priest. Uh, who, who is doesn't you know? In the beginning was the, the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He is he has no beginning, no end. Right. You know, he's like a circle, yeah. an eternal entity. He's the Alpha yeah. and the Omega. So then, when you come down in Hebrews seven, it says, "Now consider how great this man was, man, okay, mm -hmm. to whom the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. Those who are the sons of Levi, who received the priesthood, have." commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law right. from the brethren it says and he he whose genealogy is not derived from them received his tithe that's melchizedek no genealogy from abraham and blessed him so it says the mortal man receives tithes but there he receives them of whom he has witness he's saying here yeah. that abraham and his uh, offspring, you know, he's the mm -hmm. father of the Jewish nation, right. thereby proxy giving tithes to the Levitical priesthood is giving tithes to the greater priesthood of a Melchizedek right. in that transaction right there. Yes. Yeah. And he's given in the bread and wine, perfect picture of Jesus Christ here. Then he talks about in Hebrews 7, the imperfection of the Levitical or the Aaronic priesthood. They had to be appointed every mm -hmm. year, they died off, mm -hmm. This, but the Melchizedek is eternal. That's a yeah. very important point. Why? Because huh. right now, Jesus in his priestly role, he's a priest that liveth forever, right? Uh, that's what it says in verse 17. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, mm -hmm. citing Psalm 110. Uh -huh. What is he doing now? He's doing his priestly role right. of ever living to make intercession for us. Does that make sense? You know, mm -hmm. he, yeah, it, so, he's a complicated figure. It, you know, he's it, very it, mysterious. I mean, yeah, that's why I was going to ask you about him. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Jesus, when it's, we say Jesus Christ, or the Mashiach, mm -hmm. that means the anointed one, right? right. The anointed yeah. one. Now, in the Old Testament, you had three anointed offices, if you will, or positions. Number one was king. Number two was prophet. Number three was priest. Right. I could show you those. We'll do another show on oh, this. Yeah, but, yeah. but Jesus mm -hmm. is fully king right. he's fully prophet mm -hmm. he's fully priest right. now for example in deuteronomy chapter 18 15 god says to moses i'm gonna i'm gonna raise up a prophet mm -hmm. like an unto you and the people must listen to that prophet or they will be judged heartily you know and of course they were always looking for what they called that prophet and they yeah. finally identified jesus after the feeding of five thousand. they said that is the prophet that yeah. Moses said, we'll get into that. The other thing, he was going to be this everlasting king. Yes. That's why this son of David would have a throne forever. You'll see mm. that in 2 Samuel uh -huh. chapter 7, verse 12. But he would also be a priest. Now, he is a prophet because when Jesus comes to this world, mm -hmm. he says, I'm not telling you my own words. I'm telling you the words that my father gave me to speak. That's your classic definition of a prophet. Yeah. And the prophet will tell you stuff that's going to happen in the future and it'll be fulfilled. That's why Jesus says in John chapter 13, John chapter 14, I'm going to tell you these things before they happen so that after they happen, you will believe yeah. and you'll know it's me. See that right. idea of predictive. Jesus is the king. He was born a king. Remember the wise men come and they say, what? Where is this king of the Jews? Yeah. Yeah. What does Pilate say at his crucifixion? Put this charge above the cross. Yeah. yeah. King of the Jews. Yeah. He was born a king. He dies a king. He's coming back as king of kings and lord of lords. Right. There's his kingship. Yes. But he's also a priest. Why? Yeah. He is the. Per he's not only the perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God, but he's the also the as a priest he offers the sacrifice. Do you understand? Yeah. The priest. That's why Jesus says, "No man taketh my life from me." Yeah. No. You must understand this. Not the Roman Empire. Right. Not uh, nuclear yeah. countries with nuclear weapons. Nobody could take Jesus' life. Jesus mm -hmm. says, don't you think now I could pray to my Heavenly Father, he would send 12 legions of angels and yeah. scorch earth this place? It wasn't nails that kept Jesus on the cross. It was his love for you and for me. That's he right. says, that's his priestly role. Mm -hmm. So when you combine all those, mm -hmm. you see he is the ultimate anointed one. Does that make sense? Yes. Any closing comment, Wanda or David? We're going to just start wrapping it up here. No, you know, I, I think to your point, Hebrews 6, 19 through 20, it says mm -hmm. Jesus Christ after his resurrection as high priest, after the order of Melchizedek. So mm -hmm. 
he's such an important character in Melchizedek, but there's so many questions. I mean, I probably should have sat with you even before just to go over them all, because it's still, I mean, it, John, there's no lineage, right? There, mm. He just, he enters and then he leaves. So, stage right, right, exit stage yeah. left. I mean, what, what, what's your opinion of all that in terms of, you know, if he was... It's a picture. Yeah. So in other words... It's like Passover, right. and I'll wrap it up on this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, Moses comes, and he does like nine miracle plagues. Basically, they're judgmental. The water's turned to blood, hailstones come yeah. down, all this. But the tenth one, the one that got those slaves released after mm -hmm. 400 years of slavery, yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine Moses calling his leaders, tribal leaders, Joshua and Caleb, and says, right. here's what we're going to do. We're going to get out. We're going to get out. We're going to, okay, what are we going to do? Get a lamb, right. inspect it for four days. Make sure it doesn't have splatter or blemish. Kill it. Catch its blood in a bowl and brush it onto your doorpost. Uh -huh. They must have looked at him like, uh, <laughs> "That's how we're going to get out." Yeah. I mean, really? No. I, you know, yeah. that's I usually slavery. <laughs> you get exit from slavery through a war or a revolution. Mm -hmm. It just yeah. was to break the bonds. Mm -hmm. You see, but this was saying the blood of the most innocent thing, a lamb and put it on the doorpost, yes. go in and cook mm -hmm. that lamb for strength and energy, pack your bags, we're getting out. Mm -hmm. Why the blood? Why is it when the angel of death went through the land that night, he says, when I see the blood, I will pass, pass over yes. you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense in a way. You would well, think, but yeah. to my point, yeah. so it pointed a picture mm -hmm. that one day when Jesus <clears throat> came, John would introduce him by saying what? Behold the Lamb the of God. The there you go. The Jesus yeah. says, whoever sin is a slave to sin. Yeah. You see, we are all in slavery, but God wants us to get under the blood Absolutely. of the it, Lamb. It, it all started in the Garden of Eden, right, John? Because um, after they sinned and took the fruit from the tree, they were hiding because they realized they were naked. And you said maybe their veil we was uncovered. Yeah. But what's the first thing God did? He covered them. With the skin of an animal, so there was the first sacrifice for their sin. Innocent Isn't that how it all started? Innocent died for right. the guilty, so there, shedding the blood, of blood right. substitutionary, <clears throat> adequate clothing. Right. It's God's plan, not yeah. man's plan. So all those features yeah. are right there from the beginning. Yeah, they yeah. are. But once you understand this in typology, yeah. you'll see how these things, like spokes yes. go into the hub of a wheel. We'll mm -hmm. get into this more because I've getting, we're getting a good response from this where people want oh, to know more are. about yeah. this. Uh, you all know. these typology, it makes the Bible easier Absolutely. to read, doesn't it, Wanda? Yes. Versus all these separate stories, yeah. you're sitting there going, "Well, how do I connect yeah. that?" Yeah. Up? Yes, yes. Yeah. In, so. in understanding the scripture, understanding the word, you can get the most out of your journey with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Understanding, yeah. you, uh -huh. you understand what you right. read. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. psalmist says, "Open my eyes, Lord, that I might behold wonderful things out of your word." Yeah. That should be our prayer. Yeah. God, show me something. Not just like, "Oh, wow, that's interesting," but. Yeah. To strengthen our faith and help us to explain it to others right. easily. Yes. You know, when I was little, I don't know if That's you guys remember yeah. 3D comics. You remember 3D comic books? I'm getting so old. I date myself. <laughs> well, they used to have movies where you have to wear three. special glasses. Oh, okay. And, and, the, never, movie, and yeah. the glasses, the one is red. And yeah. the other lens is blue. So the deal was, if you didn't have these glasses on when you read a 3D comic, mm -hmm. you would see the lines would all be like blurred, like mm -hmm. a cartoon. Okay? Mm -hmm. You couldn't make it out real clear. Once you put the glasses on, it would pop. Yes. Wow. It would pop. You know, it, it would like 3D it come out at you. Yes. Before we have the Holy Spirit of God, mm. it's hard to read the Bible. Yeah. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the natural yeah. man does not receive the things of the Spirit. Right. But to the spiritual yeah. man, all once you put the glasses on, it pops. Yes, it like, does. yeah, I yes. got it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, yes, it does. Thank you, Wanda, You're for coming welcome. in. Very God bless you this week. Have a God great bless weekend, you everybody. God bless you. Thank Thanks, you for Jonathan. tuning Thanks, in. Wanda. Absolutely.